Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2018. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Welcome to Issues 2018. Thank you, Steve. Great We've to be done with this you. show a couple of times in the past. I'm thinking maybe... You're the. You should be sitting on this side of the microphone. Well, I um, have been on your show a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, could, yeah you could not have, always for good reasons, though. Probably yeah. come up with better yeah. questions. Hey, the city's proposed budget for next year has drawn plenty of attention this time around. Uh, could, could you kind of walk us through the budget making process at City Hall? How does this sure. thing work? Sure, Steve. That's a great question um, because this has been a, a fairly complex process. We've been working on this budget for actually two years. We started a process last year knowing that we're, we were going to approach some significant deficits over the next five years. Uh, and we uh, went through what we called a zero-based budget process where we took the organization basically down to zero and then rebuilt it based on the community's uh, priorities, what it is they expect from us. And we identified our core services. And the council gave us instructions to make sure that we – did what we could to strive for excellence in the areas where the community really wants us to, to, to do well. And that's public safety, street maintenance, or the things that we've heard the most about and where people thought maybe we were coming up short. And as a result of those being our core, we then had to evaluate everything else that we were doing. Um, we have some revenue challenges that are related to uh, the sales tax and some franchise fees. And I could get into that detail if you wanted. But that presented an immediate problem, but I think probably what's more important for your listeners is that we haven't changed our tax rate in 25 years. And I think if 25 years ago the mayor and council and staff had said, we're going to freeze our tax rate, I think we would have built our services differently than what we did. And so in good times, we expanded services. We decentralized, which meant that we built neighborhood centers, we uh, built more rec centers, um, even where there was a presence of the Y. Um, we built more pools, we built more golf courses, and unfortunately, that none of that infrastructure and none of those programs are sustainable during the downtimes, and especially when you have a revenue restriction like we do. So we're in a really difficult period now where we're trying to reevaluate who we are as a business. Do, uh, do individual department heads suggest uh, pay increases for employees, or does that come from one location? Uh, it comes from actually multiple locations. Um, many of our employees are represented by unions, collective bargaining uh, groups, and so we negotiate with them uh, every few years for multi-year contracts. And then the rest are non-union employees, and the council ultimately decides what their uh, compensation will be. Let's uh, begin with the, the item that drew immediate reaction, a proposal to close Clap Park Golf Course. Tell me about that. What was the logic and, and your reasoning in that? Well, um, again, this comes back to reviewing our operations from a business standpoint. And, you know, Steve, I think you would recognize the changes in uh, the media and what's happened in the last five or ten years. And the advent, of, for instance, in your industry of satellite radio and, 
and a lot of other things that have caused your company to make changes going forward. Same thing has happened in almost every industry, and that's where we are with golf. Fewer and fewer people nationally are playing golf, and public and private courses are closing all over the country. And we watched uh, over the last three, four years where we started to uh, see a reduction in the number of people playing, and we started to see an increase uh, deficit in our system. And we're to the point now where we don't have any excess revenues, no funds in reserve, and uh, we have to, at a minimum, break even. There are too many public uh, golf holes in, in this city, and so we have to reduce the number. And Clap was our poorest performer. Uh, we started talking about this uh, about six or seven years ago with CLAP and uh, tried to make some improvements in our operations, but we just can't uh, buck the trend uh, that's a, that we're seeing nationally and locally, and that is fewer and fewer people playing golf. Yeah, to, uh, the mayors come around and say, maybe we can save the golf course, maybe not, but that's going to take some shuffling of other funds, right? Right, right. If, if, frankly, if we were going to continue to play golf at CLAP, uh, the property taxpayer would have to pay for a portion of that uh, service. Now, that's ultimately up to the mayor and council to determine whether they want to see um, that happen. But we have committed to the community that we're going to master plan that, um, that land and that we're going to try to find alternative uses that uh, benefit the neighborhood and actually could lead to the improvement of the neighborhood and provide amenities that are not available today. Tell us about the proposal to close two library branches. Probably the most difficult decisions uh, that I had to make in terms of making recommendations, Steve. And I, um, I'm glad that uh, the council has spent uh, a lot of time talking about that in the last few weeks. Um, the uh, Linwood Branch Library is a very small facility. And we did a review of all of our branches uh, a few years ago. And what we found is that 70% of our users of the Linwood branch um, also use the central library. And that was even before the advanced learning library was open. So we knew that even though it was an important facility in the neighborhood, a majority of our users were still going downtown and were not adverse to, getting, to using that facility. And now that we have uh, done so much to improve that facility and actually to set it up as one of the best libraries in the country, um, and that it seemed that transportation was not an impediment to those residents, that I felt comfortable making that recommendation. Obviously, the council wants to spend more time, and so 2019 we'll be looking at that. We had anticipated closing the Evergreen branch. City Council said they'd like to talk about that some more, maybe refining the mission of Evergreen, maybe reducing it but specializing there, not repeating what's available in other libraries, but making it a unique facility for the residents in that neighborhood. How many branches do we have now? Mm. Um, you know, I'm going to say it wrong, Steve. Mm. I think we have um, six branches, six? if I remember correctly. You know, and, and there's a time I can think of two that have closed in the past few years. In my neighborhood, Riverside, there was one uh, that operated for years, small branch. In fact, my daughter, when she was a teenager, would volunteer and go over there and work in the branch. Mm -hmm. That one went away mm -hmm. several years ago. It was, mm -hmm. a very, it was almost small enough to fit in this room, it seems. Right, but, right. So we had, an, we had one over at, at uh, the old Boulevard Theater, uh, George Washington Boulevard and, and uh, Lincoln or whatever. That one's the one I went to when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. That was a small one. That one went away. So right. 
Uh, you're seeing that most of the usage in our people are using that downtown library, and it's it's one of the best in the country. Then, huh? It really is. Um, we we studied a lot of libraries before we moved forward. The council, in fact, uh, slowed the process down so we could do a pretty thorough analysis of what the library of the future should look like. And um, we're hitting all ages. We're there for small business and providing valuable resources there. A lot of collaborative spaces, a lot of students that are there, and we're still going to do more. I've been meeting with Dr. Thompson at uh, USD 259. We're talking about better ways for students to be able to utilize that. My goal, in fact, is that the resources that are available there and what we do with our branches going forward will allow children in the summer to be able to maintain their um, uh, grade level achievement, not drop off. Um, it's my understanding that six to eight weeks of the, of the school year, the beginning of the school year, are spent just catching up from where the students lost skills during the summer. Mm. And if we could just even stem that, that would put us a leg up on most districts in the country. There's a proposal to slice economic development funding by a third. Is that accurate? And is that, is that good timing right now? Well, um, again, this is a matter of reviewing our business practices. We have funded several agencies for economic development, and they're all silos, Steve. Um, we, there's a group, uh, Kansas Global, great work that they do in export. Um, but we don't ha- I don't know how that ties into a strategic initiative for the entire region, and that's what um, we're actually doing. We're shifting funding, reducing s- some funding, but mostly shifting the funding to the uh, partnership, the Greater Wichita partner, Partnership, which is a public-private partnership um, it, to develop uh, or to control our economic development initiatives. They're going to put a, a strategic plan together, and our dollars then will be spent the way the private sector believes um, we can uh, best move forward in terms of programming. So the agencies we're funding now in a disjointed way will all be under this one umbrella and I think in a much better coordinated approach. Now, uh, would you talk a little bit about uh, funding city arts, please? No. Okay. Uh, Let's go on. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to do hot potato? This is, no, this has been uh, a very difficult one for me. And, um, And primarily because it's a bad business model. It's, the purpose of City Arts is extremely valuable. And um, the, uh, we have two major things that are provided at City Arts. One has to do with uh, programming uh, and classes. And a, there are a number of folks who uh, their introduction to the arts um, is what are through the classes that they have that they take at City Arts, and then we also have gallery space that's primarily available for emerging artists, um, folks who wouldn't exhibit other places, and a lot of uh, local artists that are successful today uh, got their start by exhibiting at City Arts. My problem is that we have a, a, a business model that we can't sustain, and I was disappointed that when I challenged staff uh, throughout the organization to come up with some alternative business models. We did not get one for City Arts. Steve, we're open from 9 to 9, Monday through Thursday, and we're open um, on uh, Friday and Saturday as well. And during that time, uh, we don't even start programming on Monday through Thursday until 1 o'clock, some days 3 o'clock. We offer almost no programming on Friday, and yet the building is still open during that entire time. Private galleries don't have those hours. Mark Arts, who does a lot of what we do, they don't have those type of hours. We needed to do something different. Um, 
there was a lot of there were a lot of folks who I think misinterpreted this, thought we were running away from the arts, we wanted to close the building, and that's not what it is at all. It's a challenge to come up with a model that it makes more sense. And also, we're in the heart of of uh, Old Town, and we're not open on Sunday. And so that's again, if we're talking about you know ex- maximum exposure of the arts to the community, we need to reevaluate that. And well, good, the good news is that the private um, partners, those folks who've been associated with City Arts over the years, have um, have heard that and are willing to sit down this year and next year to come up with a, a new model, a different approach. The realism is in the business world, and and where I do and what we do here is that if you don't have maximum resources used maximum times and even more than that uh you can't exist in the business world i for instance can't do one job right and get away with it right i've got to do i've got to wear several hats and you see that i mean well you've got city government it's that's kind of a different ball game Right. To try to learn that, I guess. Right. It, it, it is, Steve. And yet we've been working in that cultural change for a number of years. And I think somewhat successfully, we've privatized in areas where it makes sense. We've reduced uh, our uh, management levels you know, throughout the organization. We've tried to reinvent the way we deliver services. And we've been forced to do it because of the revenue limitations. So uh, we're doing a lot on lean management, which is what we've seen our aviation companies do here in town. And we've learned from them. Um, I like to think that we are leaning up our business but there are, you know, it's still hard to break that, that old paradigm. Uh, efficiency, even in private business, is, is a tough call sometimes. Yep. That guy's not doing anything. Why? You know? Right, exactly. And you get in government, it's a whole different ballgame. Right. But you're trying to reshape it then. Exactly. Okay. Any other cuts or changes you want to talk about today? Well, I think that, again, <laughs> let's go back to the more positive. Okay. Um, and that is what it is uh, that the city council has uh, authorized us to do going forward. Yeah. We're going to have 32 new positions in the police department. We hear from the community all the time about their concern about public safety uh, and what's happening in terms of crime rates. Um, and a, an alarming trend in terms of um, murders and burglaries. Um, we, I hear that when I go out to uh, neighborhood meetings. 32 positions will help a lot. That's $3.2 million in new money that the council has committed to the police department. Um, And the other thing is we're going to be adding a million dollars to our street maintenance initiatives. When I arrived here nine years ago, we were putting $4 million into our neighborhood streets program. We are now putting eight. Starting next year, it'll be nine. It'll rise to 10, and eventually we'll cap out at $13 million. So that's a pretty significant investment by the council in uh, our basic infrastructure. And we had Police Chief Ramsey on here oh, last week and talking about uh, firearms and uh, resolving disputes with shootings. The shootings numbers are up tremendously in this town. We can't go uh, a weekend. I come in here on Monday mornings to do our news, and if there's not, there's been a murder at least one every weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and that's unusual for Wichita. It is. God bless Mr. Ramsey. He's got his plate full right now. He really does. And yet at the same time, he's looking at creative ways. He's looking at best practices around the country where police departments have tried to address this uh, trend in their communities. And uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with some of the things that he's bringing uh, to the city in terms of trying to address that issue. All right. Uh, this was my next question. Uh, you already have gotten to that about the additional position. So you're already ahead of me on this show. And like I said, maybe we should just swap places. Yeah. You're listening to, <laughs> to Issues 2018 on Intercom Radio Stations, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Uh, okay, we talked about the police. Good. Uh, any new funding for the fire department? How are we doing with 
with the fire department? Well, we're looking at um, doing a pilot project and possibly um, changing a little bit of the way that we staff. Um, we currently send out what we call squads. They're um, vehicles that are not as big as a traditional uh, fire truck, but uh, that's what we send out on our medical calls. Well, a lot of what we find is a majority of our medical calls are um, for um, what I would call minor um, injuries or minor medical purposes. Illnesses. Right, exactly. They're called low acuity calls. And we're rolling um, our firefighters on those calls and taking a piece of equipment out of service. And instead of doing that, we're going to experiment with taking a smaller vehicle out and taking civilians that are trained EMTs and having them go out on those calls. That frees the firefighters up for the serious medical calls, the emergencies related to crashes, as well as traditional fires. And I'm, I think when it's all said and done, we'll probably be about the same place financially, but we'll be providing better service to our residents. Uh, let's talk about the new baseball stadium. Uh, is there going to be one? <laughs> Steve, I really have no comment at this time. Um, we um, have committed to the fact that um, uh, this is the last season of baseball in Lawrence. Yeah, Dumas. you're kind of you know out on the end of the limb here. You better do something, huh? Well, um, you know, again, Not you but yeah, we had right. Better, yeah. So you talk about a business decision. We looked long and hard at Lawrence Dumont. I think the mayor's probably told you in the past that uh, we did an analysis. We went in thinking that we would make changes and improvements to Lawrence Dumont, try to modernize it. And what we found is that the the structure itself just couldn't accommodate those changes. So we will be taking the stadium down this year. um, And then um, we'll find out. Exactly. You're looking for for an affiliated baseball team, which uh, the Wranglers were uh, Royals team. You're looking for somebody right. like that, and if you build it, say we're thinking if we build it, they will come. Be like that Iowa cornfield thing, huh? Yeah, you would hope that they're coming before you build it. So, <laughs> but it, I, I can't comment at this time. <laughs> okay, but so you there's something in the what I'm reading into this. There may be something in the works, but the city manager is not going to talk to us of today about that. All right, that's fine. Uh, so the stadium, I got to tell you, the location to me, they couldn't find a better place to have a ballpark, though. Oh, I totally agree. It's, I mean, it's, I don't want to move it out north of town or something, right? So, yeah. you know. and if you if you listen to the mayor and council when they talk about this, it's not just about baseball. It's a catalyst for development of the west side. Sure, great things are happening in Delano. This would be uh, an extension of that, and uh, hopefully, then would lead to some changes on the east side of the river as well. City is proud of the fact that you haven't asked for a property tax mill increase during this century. <laughs> mill. At right, the same right. time, we see studies that indicate Wichita lags behind the rest of the country on economic growth. Is there a link? Are we missing something here? Should we be throwing some, some money at something out there? Uh, well, you know, you, we, we talk uh, a lot about the Chung report and about James Chung's last visit um, and he showed that this, you know, the economic problems aren't caused by the city, nor will the city be able to address those. Our private sector is going to, to need to come forward to help grow our job base and our tax base. Um, we can play a targeted role, as I indicated before, by sp- uh, spending money wisely through the partnership. Um, we've gotten out of, I shouldn't say we've gotten out of the incentive business, but we've reduced 
the availability of incentives and instead are trying to address the direct business needs. For instance, we've been building parking downtown to accommodate businesses. We had a unique partnership with uh, Spirit when they wanted to do their expansion, and we're helping build a warehouse out there, and we're, uh, we own a piece of what they're um, constructing. We're looking for the, those kind of incentives. But what we can do is invest in the civic infrastructure, and that's what uh, James Chung had talked about. We've done it already with the uh, airport. We've done it with the Advanced Learning Library. Hopefully, we'll do it with a baseball stadium, which oh, actually a multi-sports stadium. And then the, um, the bigger issue is what do we do with the convention center and the performing arts? That will be the next piece. But I think if we continue to move in that direction, we're providing quality of life amenities uh, for our public, and that's probably more appropriately our role. And back to what you just said, though, back to the stadium again, but multi-use. Yes. Well, I was wondering about that. Uh, Right. That's extremely important. Um, As we've talked about it and we look at the successful stadiums around the country, they have over 200 days of programming that are associated with the facility. Um, They put high school football games in those stadiums. Uh, They're usually able to accommodate other sports and then concerts um, and then community events, Halloween events uh, or fall festivals. It uh, could be a big part of Riverfest. There's, there's just a lot of opportunities. And, in fact, that, that's one of the strings attached to the money coming from the state for the project. They're putting $40 million in. But they said it has to be a multipurpose stadium, not just baseball alone. Well, you, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, my high school, is a, where I graduated, is about four blocks from there. And that was our home stadium. So it has been used for football. Well, I the believe past. the building you were in was a one-room schoolhouse. No, no, if no. I remember no, correctly. no. We were... Terribly up today. We had electricity. Uh, saw a recent news story about Kansas image problem. Now, talk a little bit about Wichita's image. Do we have a problem? I think if you talk to the folks that uh, that look at that, and that's not my expertise, what they say is our image problem is that we have no image. When you ask people about Wichita, they go, okay, oh, I don't have a bad thought. Yeah. I don't have a good thought. I don't really think about, don't know what Wichita is about. What I love are, is the impression that we leave on people when they come to visit. Um, as you can imagine, there are a lot of folks that we do business with that are coming in from out of town. After a day or two here, they are amazed at what's happening. And I think that's probably part of the, our problem, right? We're here every day. We don't recognize it. But it's not just what happens downtown. And, of course, we've had great growth in downtown in the last eight years. But what's happening on both the east and west sides of the city it's pretty impressive growth, great residential areas, great uh, commercial uh, opportunities. It's, we've got a lot going for us. And every person that I've ever dealt with that came in as a visitor leaves very impressed. What is your biggest challenge as city manager? Besides doing this show. Besides doing this yeah, show, right. which I know um, is a pain. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, Steve, that's a great question. It, you know, we're a large organization. I think it's probably – getting everybody on the same page in the city, um, trying to make sure that what we do is reflective of our values and reflective of the community's values and that we stay in tune with the priorities as the community uh, perceives them. And that's hard. Uh, We've got a lot more avenues open to us now. Social media is one way. Uh, We used to just rely on surveys that we've sent out every couple of years, but we pretty much get instant feedback um, on what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. What makes the job fun for you? Um, I've said this before, Steve, when we've talked, uh, it's, the, uh, it's the residents, it's the people that I serve. 
Um, I love coming back uh, or going to uh, neighborhood meetings. And when I come back, my wife always jokes that I won't fall asleep for three hours because I'm so energized because we just have good people here and people have high expectations for their government. So when people um, have negative things to say, it's not just for the sake of being mean-spirited. It's that they that we're not meeting their expectations. And so I take that all seriously uh, when I see uh, concerns or criticism that's leveled against us because I that means that we're not meeting our, the, uh, our customers' expectations. So you get out there and you talk to the people, that, that's a rejuvenate you and get you going. Again. Really does. I mean, just because we have such great people and they care. I'm sure this, uh, doing this show has the same impact as well, right? Uh, uh, no doubt about it, All Steve. Right. We won't even get into the size of your office as compared to the mayor's this time around. Okay? Thank you so much. <laughs> I guess we always have a good time. Our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2018. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.